This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in the home of the Gypsy King, Las Vegas, joined by brother of Tyson, Shane Fury. Shane, firstly, Happy New Year. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, it's all good, yeah. Obviously, a big change for this camp with uh, Sugar Hill coming in. Uh, what do you think he's brought to the table, Shane? Uh, well, listen, he's uh, he got a lot of experience, hasn't he? Um, schooled by the best. And uh, listen, working on new stuff, or working on, you know, one session on one session, uh, you're probably working on ten different things what we've never worked on before. So it's all good. Whether it's uh, whether it's going to work on the night, we'll see. But we're not after changing Tyson completely. We're after adding to what he's got. So yeah, I'm happy about the matter. Um, his mind. Uh, everything what's going, what we're doing, is 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 like stuff what we've never done before. Like strictness in the camp. There's there's no press allowed in the house. There's no press allowed in the gyms, barring yourself. Um, you know, uh, he's actually wanting to do it. So I, I'm happy with how, how it's going at the minute. I remember when you spoke to Coogan in Saudi Arabia. You said there was too many people blowing smoke up his ass. Yeah. That's all changed now. Yes. Well, there is no one around. There is no one around now. Uh, the last couple of training camps has been. Um, is, listen, he's done the training. He never, he never, he never, not, he never don't train hard. But uh, it's, it's the perfect. What he was, what he was going through last time was like Rocky Free. You know, cameras watching him train. Listen, giving interviews, and then all the job with the mental health. And listen, he's got focus on what he's doing now because it can come unstuck. On fight night, if he if he don't do it, you know. Well, before Christmas, he did a, a lot of stuff with Robbie Williams, a single, releasing the book, uh, the WWE. That's all now out of the way, and it, it seems very strict in it and just focused on Feb twenty second. Hundred percent. Listen, it's all all that's good when you're building something and so on. But once you've got a knuckle down, it's uh, with Tyson. He's got to train his mind as well as his body, and if his mind's not trained, uh, trained and and he'll not perform, it's as simple as that. And, and his mind wasn't trained for the last couple of fights. So it's a sim it is what it is. You need to train your mind, get your mind in right. Like we're making a few, like the all the families coming over the week of the fight, but we're not even going to see them till after the fight, you know, because it, it basically you build up, you, you, you're there, you're where you want to be, and then everyone comes over and then it's like a big holiday for people and then, it, and then the moods change. So we're just, we're trying different things. This is the riskiest fight of Tyson's, uh, well, for anyone. Well, it's the riskiest fight for Tyson because obviously it's of, of his style and so on, and the power and everything else. We'll get through this and then we'll see where we go from there. But it's, I'm confident of what Tyson can do. I'm pretty excited um, for him to prove himself. I've been watching the greats on, the, on, 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 on YouTube and so on. And listen, if Tyson can't beat this man, He's not a great, and I do believe he is a great. Um, so I'm just excited. I just want him to prove himself now, prove himself. Let him, for the next for the next couple of years, let him let him come the best of the best and 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 fit and fast. Because after that, I think he's out there. To be honest. Back to the Cronk gym. Obviously, Tyson got a lot of history with them before. Uh, he flew out there, random flight, and uh, ended up training with Emmanuel Stewart, God rest his soul. Uh, as I said, been trained by his nephew now, Sugar Hill. What do you think is the game plan going into this? Because all we've heard from Tyson in the press conference is that knockout, knockout, knockout. 
is he is it a bit of a tongue in cheek or are you looking to stop Deontay Wilder uh, come February 22nd? Listen, it's a bit of tongue in cheek. Um, we're obviously working on other stuff uh, for me to get on here and just uh, tell you what we're working on seriously. It'd be dopey of me, but we're working on different stuff, uh, stiffening the shots and so on. So listen, Tyson hasn't got to change dramatically. He's got to tweak a few things, uh, and, and we're only adding towards what he's got. You know, it's, you're not going to get um, an illustration like you're not going to get. Uh, a Ferrari engine and put someone different in it. You're just going to add add to it, and it's probably a bad illustration. But what I'm saying is, Tyson is what he is because he is what he is. Do you know what I mean? So, to total change him would be stupid. Mm. So we're just tweaking on a few things, and with a man like um, Sugar Hill, I believe that we can do that because he's got experience. Something what Tyson's never had in his career. And he's know. Well, well. well. helping out, yeah. Um, and you know, it's all it's all it's all good. You know, Tyson's never had what he's had now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Could be a load of cobblers, but everything's going right. He's got a conditioning coach on the job. He's not in anything. He's as big as a ball and he's pretty much on weight. Um, so it shows you what it is. He's got the nutritionist. And listen, if he don't win on the 22nd, it's not because of what he's not done. It's because he's not good enough. And it's as simple as that. In terms of the training situation, of course, it came as a surprise to a lot of people that Ben had left uh, because, as I said, most people thought Tyson won the fight. 99% of people thought Tyson won that first fight. Have you spoke uh, to Ben since that departure from the camp? No, I don't. I, I only speak to Ben on the camps anyway. We're not, we're not, listen, Ben's a nice fellow, but I wouldn't, uh, wasn't the type to give each other phone calls and so on. So I'd only see him in camps anyway. But yeah. Um, what was the question again? No, have you just spoke to him? Because no, I know no, Tim no. and Tyson have spoke a bit. No, no, I don't think uh, I don't think they have. No, but I don't. But what I can gather, they're not fell out. It's just what it is. is what it is. You know, this it, it, this fight's bigger than friendship. You know, I'm 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 a friend. But if I wasn't eligible for if I if Tyson didn't think he was if Tyson didn't think it was needed a change he would he wouldn't have done it so it's as simple as that um so i believe that i believe that he'd done the right thing uh, but i'm all i, I would have liked ben here as well you know putting his input but it is what it is shit happens and and in my my mind two heads are better than one so if i if i no matter what i know about a specific thing and someone was to to give me advice you'd be a fool to um to discard that and not want to know it. So it is what it is. But listen, Ben's all right. It is what it is. A, a young man. And uh, that was, it is what it is. This, this, I don't think they fell out, but Tyson made the decision. He put it to Ben and, and that was it. Ben didn't want it. So fair play to him. Okay, just moving on. Uh, we heard so many rumours about Joshua was going to come to spar Tyson in this camp. Joshua put that offer out himself. Uh, clearly, he hasn't come. Uh, what were your thoughts on the situation, Jane? I've, I've no idea. Um, you know, Joshua, he, he's hard not to like, isn't he? He's a nice, he, he's a nice fella. Comes across perfect, and I, I, I believe like he is a nice, a nice person. Uh, he done his job when he fought. Um, it was quite, it was quite. Um, I, I back Ruas, but it was quite simple to beat Ruas. But not everyone can do it. So what the style what he done 
was obviously the right plan and it was simple to do that because it's got very slow feet but not everyone can do that so in order to train someone what's never done that before I think he's done tremendous uh, and it shows what sort of a champion he is Okay, but in terms of uh, the sparring offer, the fact that it hasn't come... I knew it wasn't going to happen. Why? It's not going to happen, is it? Um, they're due to fight shortly. Um, it ain't going to happen. It never was going to happen. But it's all good. It's all good. Do you believe... People talking anyway, didn't they? Yeah, of course it did, of course. But it, it seemed unrealistic. I mean, as you said, they are due to fight. Um, hopefully Tyson comes through and Joshua keeps winning. And... Uh, next year probably we're looking at a big showdown we don't know where that would be because I know Tyson's got tied up with ESPN it's probably yeah, have to be in the States I, we, we was on about this uh, and that's two days ago now this job again it's not about anyone else barring yourself you know if I'm if I was if I was in them guys' position I'd be wanting because I'll tell you why I'd be wanting what we want want to tell you now is because you can get brain damage you can be killed it's a lethal sport. It's not a sport. It's, a, it, it, it's serious. When you're in that ring, you try to do as much damage as possible. And that's, that's just the name. That's the, the, the game of it. So when you're doing that risk, you want as much um, reward and much money as possible. You was in LA uh, the other day for the press conference. What did you make of Deontay's demeanour and what he was saying? I, uh, I, think it's, um, I think it's fairly quiet, to be honest. I think it's fairly quiet. I thought there was more of a buzz last time. Um, but we'll see. Listen, it's all good. We'll see. Shane, do you want to jump in this? Or? No, no. Um, time out. Yeah, go on, go on. Jump in. Just picking this back up with Shane and the team photo. Uh, yeah, just going to round this off. Uh, Feb 22. Give me a prediction, Shane. Um, I reckon it's going to be a better fight than last time. Um, I reckon Tyson will... I reckon Tyson should stop him. Because he should have stopped him last time, but um, whether he had the right instructions or not, or whether he could have done it in his own body, it is what it is. But he'll, he'll stop him this time. But there's also a chance that he could get one landing on his tash and not get back up. That's boxing, and that's a risk to this fight. That's why it's so dangerous. But Tyson should stop him next time. Well, listen, Shane, we're all looking forward to it. Five weeks to go. Um, if I don't see you tomorrow at the UFC, I will see you in uh, four weeks back in Las Vegas. Thank yeah. you for the time. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Shane. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of This is Andy Poroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred. I'm here with trainer, manager, promoter, all in one today, Joe Gallagher. Joe, obviously here in Withenshaw, your M22 promotion show. We'll start off with what was the main event, but it was obviously the third fight, Sam Hyde versus Dion Junior for the English Cruiserweight title, which was also a British final eliminator title fight. Dion Junior met edging it by a couple of rounds on two cards and then by one round on the other. What was your thoughts on there? What well, was a brilliant fight and the, the decision? 
Yeah, listen, it was a great fight and uh, I have no arguments with the scorecards. That's how I had it, either a round, a draw or two rounds. It was very close. Um, but full credit to Dion Juma, his team, Gary, Steve Goodwin. They came up here and, uh, like you say, it was a great fight. I think um, them rounds 9, 10... Um, that Dion won. I think that's what cost, the, cost us the fight. Um, Sam was in control till then, but he let Dion Juma back into the fight then. Then when Sam tried to round 11, the end of round 11, everyone thought Dion was out on his feet. I don't think there was one person sat down. It was a great end to the fight. And then round 12 started just as explosive, but uh, it was a great fight. And uh, listen, Dion had to get the win today. He's 30-31 now. He's chasing it. Sam, that's twice he's stepped up now. Riappo and now this. And... Uh, he showed that he is good at level. It was very kind of Dion and Gary to come in and give high praise to Sam. And uh, they didn't really say, think that he was good as what he was on the day. So that was fair play and credit to them. And uh, yeah, hopefully he goes on and good luck with him with fighting Riacho, Ri Richard Riappo, Sam Hyde now. He's only 24. He has to go back, rebuild and, and come again. But it's all experience. Like I said, it was a 12-rounder. If it would have been just 10 for the English, we would have won. But there you go. What was you saying to Sam as he was coming back to you in between rounds and obviously as we got to those latter stages, what was going through your mind? Yeah, I thought to, uh, well, it just come to me then, a bit like Angelo Dundee to Sugar Leonard, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it, son. I think we were in control. It was a tough fight. It was level after eight. And uh, it was a case of who wanted it most a little bit. Um, but uh, like you say, fighters, they don't realise it. You've seen Jose Burton talking to him afterwards after when he fought Frank Buglione. You don't know what a hard fight or what fitness is until you're in a hard, hard fight when it's like who wants it most mentally, going, coming back to the corner, coming out, going again, getting hit, getting hurt, you coming back, you hitting hurt, keeping that. And uh, that's a learning fight for both of them today, that both Dion Juma and Sam Hyde, and they both uh, take a, a lot away from it. Obviously, you mentioned that 11th round earlier on in the, in the interview. What was going through your mind? You know, it seemed to be Dion was just on the, was on the ropes and he was seconds away from possibly the ref stopping it. Yeah, it's all what-ifs, isn't it? He didn't and he went on and won, so fair play to him. But um, like I said, to you, rounds it's eight, nine, nine, ten, they'll, uh, I'm sure Sam will come and he'll be, he'll be kicking himself, but take nothing away from Dion Juma and his team. Uh, they survived and they came out and uh, it was a good 12th round as well. Sam's obviously going to have the opportunity to look at how Hosea's career has gone over the last couple of years. Since the Buglioni fought, he never had any opportunities until the golden contract opportunity presented itself to him. Sam's kind of, you know, he's just lost now. Might find himself in a similar position where he's waiting for another opportunity. How does the next coming months or years kind of play out for Sam now? Well, like I say, if um, Dion now goes on and fights Richard Riappo, um, that's a fight. Uh, if Riappo then vacates... Uh, if he beats Dion, um, that'd be a good one. I think Dion Juma beats Rappo. I'll be putting a thing in for pushing for Sam Hyde because everyone that was here today was what paid to watch that again. And I know there's no TV to it, but they absolutely dropped a huge bollock there today by not having no TV for that. It wouldn't have hurt uh, a Sky to have sent a couple of cameras up and covered this today, like they have done in the past. Um, but when everyone goes away talking about it, and you've seen Steve Bunce here talking about what a great show it was, that's a fight I think everyone would like to say. I don't think we'd get it in Manchester again. I think we'd have to go down to Dion's, but I think everyone there today would pay to watch that fight again. So, uh, yeah, he might get an opportunity like that. But then, like you say, the Cruiserweight division is bristling with talented kids coming through. Craig Glover's just had another setback. Jack Massey's just had a setback. But all these kids are ready to regroup, go again, the young. And, uh, 
there's other kids still coming through as well. So it's, it's a lively division. But what you've got to do is give huge respect and huge credit to both Dion Juma and Sam Hyde. They're not ducking anyone. And I'm going to talk on my kid. Sam Hyde hasn't ducked anyone, took the Riappo, stepped up. And now he's stepped in with Dion Juma and fell short just both times. But he could easily be skirting around and trying to get an easy route. So uh, full credit to him. Just a word on Dion Juma as well. How does his bout with Richard Riappo go if that fight is made? Yeah, it'll be an entertaining fight. I think it'll be a great London derby fight. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say this one being up against Riappo. The one thing he has got is power. Um, Dion Juma's got movement. It's an interesting fight. It's an interesting fight. It's, uh, it's too hard to process or try and work out at the moment because uh, yeah, we're still uh, got a banging headache. <laughs> <laughs> A word as well on the rest of the card, then we'll work our way through. Mark Jeffers stopping Ben Thomas in the last round. I know you wouldn't have had a chance to watch it, but... What round did he stop uh, Sorry, the fourth, not last round, the fourth round, sorry, not the last round. Um, what was your thoughts on when you heard about Mark's victory? Yeah, no, fair play to him. He's a good kid, good prospect coming through. He's with a good team, Mike Jennings, and it was good for him today. Like you say, his first title, and no one forgets uh, the first one. That's his first title in front of a great crowd as well. And uh, I'm sure he'll be wanting to call out everyone there at the British Champions, European Champions. But he's a young kid. Mike Jennings is around him. He'll look after him well. He'll most probably do a defence of that. And uh, he's only a young kid, Mark. But uh, a good win for him and uh, his first title in the professional game. So congratulations to him. And uh, like I say, well done, Ben Thomas, as well, for stepping in, taking that challenge and fighting for a vacant title. And... Uh, um, yeah, Kieran Farrell, who's uh, I've got to say huge thanks to for for helping me put this show together. I'd like to thank him, his wife, and uh, other people that's helped the show today. Marcus Morrison with a very short, a shorter performance as well again today. What were your thoughts on him and what the future kind of holds for him? Yeah, the trilogy, the thriller in Withenshaw. Uh, yeah, Marcus won a lot better this time round. Uh, and it's had him, he got out to the beginning of the year with a good start. He fought over in Italy, then he fought here in September. He's fighting now, so um, hopefully we'll have some news uh, this week for Marcus and he'll be involved in a, in a, in a big fight of some sorts. Well, Joe, I know you won't want to stick around for too long now, so for a word on the show, what would you like to say to everybody? And just to say myself, it was a brilliant show once again. Yeah, no problem. I just want to say congratulations to Osh Williams on his professional debut. Um, he's walking around with the biggest smile you can see, so welcome to the pros for him and also... Uh, John Warburton as well for um, having a good win as well. So I'd just like to thank everyone who came out and bought a ticket. So, I'm so sorry for people who didn't get a ticket and couldn't get in today and have travelled, but the tickets were out on sale before Christmas. And the message is next time we have a show, get your tickets early. Um, as you've seen today, the security presence, the police presence, um, um, the lifestyle centre. Um, it was just a, it was a good show. It was a proper, proper throwback, old whole boxing show, the lands that you used to go and watch when it was Nat Basso or Jack Trickett and you're having fighters fighting for British title eliminators and Steve Bunce was here today and I think he was echoing them same type of words today and uh, grassroots boxing, people thought it, I was wrong to run this in January, it wouldn't sell and uh, you're witness to it here today so uh, we didn't get the result but everyone's gone away, everyone's gone back to London with their result, Mark Jeff has gone out celebrating and uh, it's the first run of the year and uh, the show, British Boxing's back with a bang this year. How difficult is it to, to follow up on this one today? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I go home now and uh, I pour myself a, a big drink and uh, no, listen, you don't have time, do you? We're, we're back in the gym tomorrow. Next show after this, uh, we'll maybe back here around April time where we're going to do a, a, a dinner show for uh, autism awareness 
Um, that's something that we want to do um, in Manchester. So we'll see. So, uh, yeah, like I say, on to the next one. Joe Gallagher, as always, it's a pleasure. Uh, congratulations on the Sam Hoyt defeat, but best of luck to you both. And I'll catch up with you soon anyway. Thank you for coming throughout this week and catch you soon. Thanks for Boxing Social. Yeah, no problem. Cheers. Thanks for your support. As always, thanks for coming today. This is Andy Perroff, Boxing Social in association with Betfred. I'm delighted to be joined by Stephen Swifty Smith here in Wivenshaw. Stephen, we've unfortunately just witnessed your man, Sam Hoyd, come up just short against Dion Juma in the English Cruiserweight title fight and British final eliminator title fight. What was your fight? It's your thoughts on the fight and the score? Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. I thought the score was pretty, pretty bang on, to be honest with you. I thought um, it was a good competitive fight. A lot of people had an even after six. You know, seven, eight good rounds, and then I thought Sam took his foot off the gas a little bit, nine and ten. Um, I thought Jumi kept his work rate up, and uh, at the end, yeah, I thought it was probably seven five, Jumi. Is there anything else that you feel Sam could have done? No, I don't know what I thought. They're both rel relatively inexperienced pros. I think the two of them will learn a lot from it. I think it was a good ride, 12 rounds, where it'll do them both well going forward when they, when they both get in, in competitive fights again. Uh, I think, look, it's not, for, it's not for now straight away. They'll both go back, they'll both watch the fight, and they'll both learn things from it. But um, I just think, you know what, it'll be good, good, for, good for them going forward, but I think they're right now won it. It was a brilliant fight, and you know, obviously the scores edged towards Dion Juma. Some of us would have scored it towards obviously Sam, but it was a tight fight and a brilliant one at that. Do you think because of just how good a fight he was, that's kind of kept Sam in the mix? If it was say a poor fight, then he would have maybe had a bit of a rebuilding job to do. Of course, yeah. I mean, if he if he went out and blew away, then it's it's a, it's a rebuild. You, know, you look at it as sort of he's lost to the English side level and stuff, but. I think both three are going to progress on past that, so I think it was one of them fights where it's probably come early in the career, but they both could have met further down the line. I think they're both going to go on past English title level. It was just one of the things they come up against each other, and you know, Juma won it on the night. I think it was, again, some people thought, may have thought Sam won tonight. I think if Sam would have sort of kept his foot in the gas in mainly nine, nine and ten, I think if, if, he, if he wins round nine, nine and ten, wins one of them, it's a different fight. Do you know what I mean? If he wins one of the rounds, Juma won, he didn't lose the fight on the card. So, if he, went, if he goes out and wins 9 and 10, in my opinion, he wins the fight. And I think it was just, just little things that to just, just experience. You know what I mean? He's brand new, he's learning. He's learning over the course of 12 rounds, and you learn through doing more of them. You know, there's times when to put your foot on the gas, there's times when to try and nick a rest. And he'll just he'll learn that, you know, he, he, again, he's brand new to it at the title level, and, and he'll come again. Juma will obviously move on to face Richard Rappaport now, or whenever that fight is finally called. Um, how do you think he would fare against Richard Rappaport? Listen, he can mix it with anyone in, in, in this division in, in, in this country because he's, he's, he's talented. He, he can he's shown he can do it. He can have, he can have a fight, but he can box and he's quite slick for the southport as well. So I think you know he's got he's got a lot a lot of ability. He can move forward and you know, he's, he's well talked. He's suspected in the game at the weight. There's not going to be many that are going to queue up to fight him. And just a word on yourself as well. How, what are you up to now? Obviously back in the gym from by all accounts from this Monday. Yeah, just just back in. Um, had a nice Christmas with my family and stuff. So I'm back in now and here. Uh, just get in, get, get get fit again, and then you know, make progression. See what see what's about. Uh, I'm just when I'm ready to fight again. Uh, I haven't put a date on it yet, but I just want to get in, get get a fight, and, and just again just aim towards trying maybe get a European title shot. So. What is the plan with regards to the amount of fights and the process to, towards either a European or your eventual aim of trying to challenge for another world title? Yeah, just 
you know, see what's about it. I don't know what the situation is. The minute I, I've said I'm probably going to fight at lightweight now anyway. So I think I don't know what's the situation with the European lightweight title. So whether um, the fellow's got it's going to defend it or whether he's going to give it up, I'm not sure. So get back in and just say get concentrate on myself, getting fit and being ready to fight, and then seeing if that's there and that's about, and if I can get a shot for it. I just want to get word on your brother as well, Callum. I'll see a lot of talk at the minute with his future. Canelo's name flying about, whose name's also been linked to Billy Joe. Yeah. What's your understanding of it all? i just seen what ESPN put out that Canelo will fight, made a second, and it'll be against Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders. So, as far as that goes, to 50 50 with the two of them. I've heard a few rumours since that Billy Joe's got the fight. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if it's one of them two, then it's good for the country and it's, it's, uh, hopefully everyone will get behind whoever it is. And, go into a, a big event against probably the biggest name in the sport. Would it be a frustrating situation for you guys as you know as Liam's brother, sorry, Callum's brother, where if say Billy Joe was to get it and Callum didn't, would you guys be frustrated for him? Would he be annoyed at all? Oh. Listen, Callum and Billy Joe are both not gonna build their careers just on whether he can fight Canelo or not. You see me it happened sort of too much with him here can he sort of ends up basing his career on whether he fought maybe or not it didn't happen for him and it was that frustrating. So you know you learn lessons from other people and I think they both learn off that. They won't both put, put all their eggs in one basket and go for go for Canelo. So if it comes off brilliant, you know, you get your opportunity against the biggest name in the sport. If it doesn't then, you know, two of them have got aspirations. They both started boxing to become world champion, they've done it. Now they've both got plans to go and try and unify the division and go and try and be, you know, Billy Joe's won a two weight world title. Just go and keep keep setting goals. You know, I don't think they started boxing to say I want to fight Canelo. I think they before boxing to to make their own their own goals and I think they both got a lot more than just, just fighting Canelo. Stephen, final question as well. In about a month's time, World of Fury 2 out in Las Vegas. Yeah. Just break it down for me, how do you see it playing out? Um obviously we're any fight with Wilder could 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 end at any minute. I think you know he's, he's freakishly powerful. But you know, I like Tyson Fury in the first fight. I thought I thought he won it and I felt sorry for him that he didn't get it. Um, I think he can definitely go out when I box him again. I think he can win every round. I think I think uh, you seen that in the last fight though. Um, the last fight with Wilder had, I don't think he won a round before before he pulls out that one soon he knocks him out. So he's always dangerous. Just, I'd like to see Fury, you know, outbox him and then put his foot on the gas a little bit towards the end and just, just make it make it a little bit more clear this time. I'd like to see him win the fight and bring the title out. Well, Stephen Smith, I appreciate it, Tom, as always. I'll let you crack on now and enjoy the rest of your day and good luck with the game later. Thanks, You're not in Liverpool. Thanks, Cheers, Stephen. Thanks for me. Danny Flexen here for seconds out with the latest edition of Reflections. We're here every Monday, 4.30pm to round up the boxing action of the weekend just gone. And there was a big shock over the weekend when Julian J-Rock Williams, who caused a bit of a surprise of his own back in May last year, relieving Jarrett Hurd of some of the major super welterweight titles, fell short on his homecoming defence against the unheralded Miami-based Dominican Republic fighter Jason Rosario. I don't think anyone was more surprised um, than Julian Williams that he fell short in that defence, um, but he lost his uh, WBA and IBF super weight titles. Feel free to correct me, but I think that's right. Um, Rosario was ridiculously long odds coming in. Um, it looked pretty even at the start. J-Rock didn't have quite the same impetus, quite the same fire as he had in that herd fight, which was obviously one of the fights of the year. And... Um, was cut quite badly on the left eyelid in the second round, and I think that affected the outcome. 
not to give him any excuses, and he even said Rosario was the better man on the night, but from then on it looked like he was struggling to see at times, um, and it made it into the fifth round before he got rocked by a big right hand, and then a left ended up finishing it. Some called the referee's intervention premature. To me, and Jay Rock didn't really complain, but to me it seemed just about the right time. Um, you know, one wants to see a boxer get her better too soon than too late, I think, even in a world title fight. Um, so now J-Rock will look to rebuild, still a world-class fighter, but Rosario, only 24 years old, um, the world's his oyster, kind of come from nowhere really for the majority of casual boxing fans and is now a holder of two of the major belts at 154 pounds. And it's a really exciting division. Obviously, we saw Jamel Charlo recently regain the WBC belt from Tony Harrison and a bit of an upset, another upset, although not as big as um, Rosario against J-Rock. We saw... Um, Patrick Teixeira beat Carlos Adames for the WBA, uh, sorry, WBO belt, previously belonging to Jamie Mungaya, who is now up at middleweight, of course. So it's a really interesting division and a really eventful one. Titles changing hands relatively frequently. No standout leader, no standout pound-for-pound pound contender. So when you look at guys like, for example, Kel Brook, who's talked about going into the 154-pound division, challenging there rather than down at 147, you kind of look at it and think, well, it's an easier division at the moment. Well to wait, you've got Crawford, Spence, Thurman, Pacquiao, etc., etc. 154, they're all very good fighters, but no one you'd call elite at the moment. Um, so maybe Kelbrook should think about staying there. It's a more comfortable weight for him to make as well. And I'm not by any means predicting that Brook can beat any of those guys, but it certainly looks an easier challenge than down at 147, which to make that weight is a challenge in itself. But congratulations to Jason Rosario. And also to Elida Alvarez who the Colombian, um, former really good amateur, former world champion, of course, who lost last year in his rematch with Sergei Kovalev, lost his belts back to him, um, got summarily outboxed after stopping Kovalev in their first fight, came back against a dangerous puncher in Michael Seals and got the job done in round seven with a stunning overhand right as they prepared to exchange. His punch landed first. It's a bit of a highlight reel KO, it's fair to say, so look it up if you haven't seen it. And Alvarez is now right back in the mix at light heavyweight. No one really wants to see a Kovalev trilogy, I don't think, but he'd make a really good opponent, good test for the likes of Artur Baturbiev, who's got two belts at the moment, and Dmitry Bivol, of course. Um, still got plenty to offer, very technically skilled, and showed a bit more urgency in this fight, which is what we would have liked to have seen from him in the Kovalev rematch. To round off, there was a, a lovely show in Manchester, with and sure, to be precise, yesterday, Sunday evening. Um, main event saw English cruiserweight title at stake and a relative local in Sam Hyde just came up a little bit short against a Londoner in Dayon, sorry, Juma, um, who retains his English cruiserweight belt and also becomes the mandatory contender for the British title held by Richard Riakpour, who um, beat Jack Massey for the vacant belt not too long ago, just before Christmas. So we're now looking at potentially in the first quarter of this year, um, React Port against Juma in an all-London battle for the Cruiserweight belt. Um, it was really lovely to see Juma and um, Hyde talking after the fight, giving each other plenty of credit in what was a real war. Um, really close at the end as well. Um, congratulations to Joe Gallagher and his M22 promotions, who I think it's only their third show and they got a sellout. And apparently from people who've attended, from what I've heard, it was a really good undercard as well. So well done, Joe, um, and well done, Dayon. And we look forward to Dayon against Richard React Port. That's rounding up the big news from the weekend. Um, I want to hear from you. Who was the performance of the weekend? Um, were you surprised, as I was, um, that Rosario got the job done? 
And what can Alvarez, a leader Alvarez, still be a player at 175 pounds, or has the division moved on while he's been inactive? And what about Cruiseweight? Who do you fancy, Rapport or Juma? Um, and would either of them stand a chance against the arguably the British leader at the weight at the moment, Lawrence Acoli? Really want to know what you think. Let us know below, and I'll respond to some of the comments. I'll be back, of course, next week with the next Reflections, um, 4.30pm Monday. But I'll also be here for Flexpectations this Thursday at 4.30pm. Look forward to it. Always a pleasure, and I'll see you all soon. Cheers. Radio Raheem with Oscar De La Hoya. You know, I was standing here um, a few minutes ago and realizing it's been almost 10 years yeah. since I was here with Canelo. It's about the oh, same right, turnout. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, he was about a little bit further along in his career right. than um, Ryan is, but it made me consider how close you are now to being as long a professional promoter as you were a professional right. boxer. What have you experienced since we were here with Canelo 10 years ago as a promoter yeah. that has informed you about the business and how you might carry forward with Ryan differently if there right. is any differences you would do than how you did with Canelo from that point? Um, I, look, I, I, think, I think there really is no difference. Um, the differences now, I mean, with social media, it's, it's a whole different animal, you know? Um, back when I started the company in 2001, um, you know, you have you have your 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 linear TV who, you know, you push the fight through and, and, and you have your newspapers and, you know, now it's it's these kids are using the social media platforms to to sell tickets to promote their fights. So you have to approach it a little different, but it's basically the same. You you have to still organize the event. You have to, um, you know, deal with um, the commissions. You have to deal with the venues, the sponsors, this, that, the activations on a national level. So it's still a lot of work. It's still a lot of fun. Um, I would say the difference is, yeah, the, the, the social media platforms. I mean, it's, 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 it's become... I guess it's it's brought the world together that much closer, you know. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. And what about the way you deal with your fighters? At the time, you were kind of fresh off of your own career, learning what it was like to be responsible for other fighters and guide their path, keeping that relationship going. How do you maintain a positive relationship with your fighters yeah. and be in the role of promoter, understanding what the mentality of a fighter is? Well, I mean, that's that's the difference is that. I was a fighter myself, and so I know what fighters go through. I know what fighters want, what they like. That, that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just an understanding, you know, of, of of what I know, of what I have. So uh, that's that's the advantage that we have is that I was a fighter. So and there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Oscar. Um, the reason. So obviously in this past year, there's been a lot of conversation about your relationship with Ryan, your relationship with Canelo, your ability to maintain a friendship and a positive business relationship. Where have the hiccups been? Are there things you would have done differently looking back with how you handled your fighters personally? 
No, no, we, we do everything. We do everything by the book. We do everything, you know, the way it should be. Um, and but it's like it's like a, it's like a family. I mean, if you're gonna have your little rifts and you know little issues and this and that, but at the end of the day, it's still family. How do you guide Canelo's career going forward? One thing that is different between you and he, it seems like him, his ability to gain weight and lose weight yeah. rapidly from fight to fight right. is almost unheard of. It certainly wasn't that way when you were fighting. Where does he campaign? Is Canelo a middleweight champion? Is he a super middleweight champion? Is he a light heavyweight champion? Right. Well, he like, did he did vacate the light heavyweight. So I'm not sure if he wants to stay a light heavyweight. We'll see. But um, I I think that he has many options at 168. 160, just, just because of experience of me going up to 160, then coming back to 47. I don't know if it'll, be, it'll maybe be a little difficult for him, but he has the option. And, th and that's what's great about Canelo. He's not a tall guy. He's a wide guy. He has thick legs, thick neck. Um, he knows how to cut weight. He knows how to train hard, be disciplined. And that's the advantage that he has is that he's very disciplined. So, you know, he has the options. Is that, in your opinion, the wise choice for him to campaign at 68? I think 68 would be would be a, a nice move for him, but uh, it all depends on his team. I mean, his team knows how his body feels, uh, how his body works, and uh, you know. So we'll see. And before I let you go, this past weekend, obviously we saw Conor McGregor in the ring. There was so much uh, discussion of how you felt about Mayweather and McGregor. And as soon as McGregor fought, Mayweather is tweeting and, and posting, and then so is Pacquiao, and they're talking about a possible matchup. Both guys. What is your opinion now after that whole thing has happened just seeing McGregor back in a boxing ring is that something you would support this time around no I think I think um, yeah no I think I think look the sports different um, boxing is boxing and MMA is MMA I think I think both should just stay separate and and be you know I mean and 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 kind of stay in your own lane you know um, because if for instance of uh, uh, McGregor fights uh, Mayweather again. It's gonna be the same story. I mean, so doesn't nothing changes, you know? Um, it's not that McGregor is good at what he does. He's great, um, but Mayweather's great at what he does as well. So I think everybody should just stay in their own lane. Dana White's made much news about threatening to enter boxing. There's been talk about him working with the uh, Heyman and creating a boxing promotion company. Uh, you think that's a, a realistic goal? That's something that can happen? And what would you think of Dana White being a boxing promoter? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I welcome anybody in boxing. Uh, it's, you know, good luck. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy, but good luck. Um, yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. I mean, we can have, if we can have more characters in boxing like a Dana, then, you know, it's, uh, we welcome him with open arms. Okay, and lastly, Oscar, obviously May, we're going to see Canelo. Everybody knows that. Given your drillers, you can make any fight possible for him. What would we see for Canelo on May 2nd? You know, there's so many options, uh, and, and I would even hate to throw a name out there because once you throw names out there, then they think that they're like the, 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 the guy, you know, and it's like the numbers go up drastically, and, you know, um, but he does have many options. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, Sounders is not the front runner, that's for sure. Uh, I have no idea who threw that name out there, but um, uh, once we nail down who it's going to be, uh, we'll we'll have an announcement shortly. I have a trip to uh, to Mexico with Canelo and his team. We'll sit down. I'll stay there for a few days and iron out a deal, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Thank you for that time, Radio Raheem with the Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs>